This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And this week, we're going to be talking again about another aspect of self-care. And so specifically, how can we um, create happiness by taking really good care of the people in our life and taking really good care of ourselves? So I this is foundational. And every time it comes up, there's so much to be said here because I think that we are drastically impoverished in this area. And I especially think that there are challenges when it comes to the people who are really trying to make a difference, who are, are really trying to be the best people that they can be, um, who are often not applying that enough to themselves. And what I was saying in my life work community, like a couple weeks ago, was that you give it to yourself first. And I'm going to come back to that point. But what you have to give to others, the kindness, the care, the support, all of that kind of stuff, whatever it is, your gifts, you give them to yourself first. Because when you do, you become stronger. And when you're stronger, then you're able to give more to others. So in looking at this, we're going to kind of look at ways that you can bring, it's like it's bringing joy, it's bringing happiness, it's bringing care into your, into your life. Um, because I think that coming up with new and creative ways to do that um, winds up helping us all. It's a good reminder um, because sometimes life can get busy or overwhelming and um, we can get kind of uh, whisked away from taking care of what's important. Um, also this, this week, um, an interview with Katie McDonald about being, um, about uh, her business, Be Nourished, and specifically how to eat with more intention to, uh, take care of ourselves in a different level. And, um, so what is it that we can do to really feed our, our soul, feed our, um, our self, and then also feed our body. And those two things are, are very connected. So that will be up right after this break. So what brought me to this place is um, really watching what was happening to some of my fellow entrepreneurs. And what I was noticing was that um, they, as much as they sought out, they sought being an entrepreneur, out being an entrepreneur, doing something for themselves, just like we start a lot of different projects. And that is because we want something better. We want to create a great work environment. We want to create a new product or service. We want to contribute in some way, you know, and 
what I saw was that through that process, um, and because we don't have a lot of really strong systems in place to help us develop healthy business systems, people were being taken down. That they were being overworked, and I, I would include myself in this category, um, overworked and getting farther and farther away from what it is that's most important, which is that we are loving our life on a daily basis, that we're really engaged and enjoying it, that there's a sense of fulfillment. Um, and in that, that comes, that's not a sense that, you know, we're entitled to things going well. That's a totally different, it's a totally different mindset, but it's a, it's about caring for and really making sure that we are maintaining a quality of life as we build different things. And um, whether those are relationships or businesses or our life at work or what have you. Okay. So I wanted to really take a look at, okay, wait a second here. Why does this happen? Why is it something that so often people come to me and they are, you know, really hard workers and they are um, not feeling satisfied. They're not feeling joyful in their life. Right. And, um, you know, in, in, then, they'll work really hard at something. And then, you know, some people get frustrated, right? You know, we, we develop something where like, oh, this isn't working, right? And we, we will leave that one thing that wasn't working to then go and create something else all over again. And so when we do this, you know, when I do this, what I think is, gosh, if I've created the same thing twice, this is less about what's going on around me and more about what's going on inside of me. If we want to look at what, what, what's contributing to the problem. So clearly I am the person that is continuing to create this dysfunction if that's what I'm running into. So if I'm overworking or uh, my quality of life has been sacrificed continually, then what I need to do is take a look at myself and why is it that I am willing to do that. So one of the other things that I want to touch on just before we, you know, kind of look at some of these ways to create more care is like how essential this is. Okay. So it's essential for us to notice our what's happening, notice our responsibility, the role that we play in it. That's that's the awareness piece. And then also it's essential that we take a look and we recognize really how powerful joy, happiness, kindness, quality of life all of those things, how powerful they are as far as creating change in the world, really positive change in the world. So you've probably heard that thing before, which is, you know, your mood can be contagious. You know, your negative mood can be contagious. Your positive mood can be contagious as well. Um, but even more, when we build happiness into the very structures that we are functioning inside of, that is something else. It's beyond just the mood of the moment. It's beyond even just a general feeling of fulfillment. Uh, it is the sense that we have created structures that continue that dynamic, that help hold us in place, help 
us stay at a higher, you know, level with ourselves and with others. So it's really, it's such, such an important thing. It, it, it finds its way into all of the positive changes that um, we want to see. This taking care of yourself finds its way into all of the kind of positive changes that we want to see um, in all the different aspect er, aspects of our life. Okay. So what can happen is that, like I was saying, you can get lost and get a little lost in, you know, the, the day-to-day grind, um, what we believe has to be done, what we believe success has to look like, you know? And so we have all these beliefs that float around, you know, that are about what it is like the, the conditions You know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't really feel successful unless I'm working really hard, right? That would be one. Or I'm not going to do a good job if I'm not stressed out. And you can like listen to that. And sometimes you might go, oh, I think that. And other times you might be like, wow, that's a really unusual way to put together things. But, you know, when you think about it for a while, chances are some version of that exists inside of you, some way that you have kind of adjusted you know, the, how you think things work because of uh, what you've learned along the way. So part of strengthening ourselves is part of taking care of ourselves is really to, um, is to strengthen, to create uh, the strongest place for us to stand, right? So, so that it, it becomes easier and easier to create more and more good things in our life, right? So the more that we invest in taking care of ourselves, the stronger that we get. And the stronger that we get, the easier it is to invest in things that are good for us and are good for others. It's like instead of the negative spiral, we get the positive spiral. Right? So, One of the things that I think is fascinating about self-care in general is that if you go back in time, the idea of self-care didn't really exist. It's actually a more um, recent phenomenon where people have started to think about, oh, well, I need to take care of this me. You know, we have much more of an individual selfhood and life than we did before. And this is changing everything. This is changing the way that we do business. This is changing the way that we're in relationship to others, that we're in relationship to ourselves. It's changing the way that we raise our children because all of a sudden now there's this really clear sense that there is this self and this self needs to be cared for. Um, Because when it's not, we don't thrive you know, and we wind up with all of these other compensating habits. And these are, you know, everything from bad eating habits to, you know, mental health problems. Um, and, you know, I, once again, I, I just want to clarify because, um, self-care is not directly, um, 
the cause of something like um, uh, certain mental health problems. So um, there's multiple different reasons for things. However, there are ways that we contribute to negative states of being or problematic states of being by not having um, access to understanding of and being able to care for ourselves. So I just want to make that clarification there. I think it's very important. So self self care, this idea of caring for the self is new. It is something that we've really only been working on um, for, you know, several decades. And a lot that has gone along with self-care has been some misunderstandings about it being indulging the self, um, it being about, um, you know, always having what you want or, um, you know, doing nice things like getting a massage, things like that. Now, all of that can be fine, but that isn't actually going to care for you. It is, it isn't going to, um, it, it isn't going to be enough. It isn't going to do the whole job. It's going to do a little bit of it. Just like if you exercise all the time and you're, you know, you do that, but you eat really horrible food, then, you know, that's only going to do part of it too, or vice versa. So, um, it's not about just doing certain activities, and I've said this before, and I, I, I want to say it again, because I believe that self-care at its heart is anything that affirms, confirms, and supports the essence of who we are, right? So it's much deeper than, you know, eating right or, you know, getting a massage, although those things are really great and um, important. So in looking at how, how do you do this? I, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, inspiration because I think that inspiration is one of the ways that we feed that deeper essential self. And so it becomes a really important form of self-care, um, is to remain creative, remain inspired, see what is beautiful and engaging about life. So in, in looking at how we can be more inspired, sometimes we have to open up and, and do things that, you know, maybe you did when you were in school and a, a teacher assigned them, or um, maybe you might think, oh, that's just for creative people. But if we're willing to open up and just try and not worry so much about outcome and engage instead in just letting uh, ourselves feel that inspiration, um, it's very affirming. It's a very rich form of self-care. So one of the ways that you can do this is that you can write a poem for someone that you, you care for, right? So one of the reasons why this works so well is because the, you know, we're naturally inspired by, by people that we love because, you know, love is inspirational. It has an inspirational quality to it. So when you look at, you know, your partner, a good friend, your child, something like that, you can see what is it? What is it about them that I love so very much? 
right? What is it about them that I see, you know, as, you know, beautiful or inspirational or precious about them? And this is a lot of, sometimes we wait for special events to, um, to think about the things that we care about, um, in someone else. But what if instead you just stopped and you made it a point, you know, on, um, you know, every once in a while or just even once just to see what it's like to feel, to feel this inspiration come through you. And look at the impact that it has both on how you feel, because it's going to change the way that you feel inside of your body. And also look at how it changes your perception of the other person. See if you appreciate them more or if you can see some of um, their qualities uh, and they come through with a little bit more richness. That's some of the way that those types of shifts are more like some people say seeing with an artist's mind, but those types of shifts are part of what really feeds us. They give us like this boost of, of energy and it's very affirming. Um, it really supports us. And if you're feeling, you know, um, like taking a really big risk, you could try doing the same thing and writing it to yourself. Um, because once again, like I was saying, what we give away, it's best we first give that to ourselves, so we can learn so much, so much by being willing to kind of write about and see the value in who we are and really be able to acknowledge some of the greatest aspects of ourselves. Um, and that's different than just um, kind of plumping up our ego, that is, uh, you know, a, a sincere value, sincerely valuing ourselves. Um, and that has a profound impact as well. So we're moving here to about, uh, for, to our first commercial break. And and for this first commercial break, um, or after this first commercial break, um, Katie McDonald of Be Nourished is going to be on. She's going to be talking, or we're going to be talking about the use of food to take care of ourselves. And um, such an important thing, because whether it's actual food or like I've been talking about, you know, creativity or inspiration, these are the things that they nourish us. They support us. You know, self-care is what's confirming, supportive, you know, of affirming of who we are. And part of the way that we do that is by taking really, really um, great care of our bodies. So that will be um, right. That will be our first right after our first commercial break. That'll be Katie McDonald with uh, Be Nourished. And, um, and then I will be back to talk about a few more ways that you can bring inspiration into your life in order to care for yourself.
and educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a Ph.D. in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesiner.com. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesiner.com. Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and this week we have been talking about self-care. And um, my guest this week is Katie McDonald, who is a holistic health coach and a raw food chef, Um, and she really helps clients create healthy habits and to learn how to take pauses in their lives in order to make liberating and deliberate decisions about their nutrition, thoughts, and behavior. Uh, so her clients come um, to be nourished when they're feeling good is um, more than a wish. So when they're absolutely ready to see the dramatic results that Katie can produce. Um, and their decision um, comes with accountability, uh, resources, and unwavering support from Katie. So thank you so much for being here this week. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. So I always love to start with people uh, on what is it that um, brought you to do this work? I would have to say a promise. I got very sick, and while I had studied nutrition and alternative healing for a really long time, I'd never been called to put it all into practice to really um, keep me healthy. I had ulcerative colitis, shingles, pneumonia, asthma, allergies. I basically had a healing crisis and everything fell apart. And I was required to trust what I knew, which was that simple food um, prepared with little to no intervention could help me heal. 
and um, and then I promised I promised myself and really the um, the world, if I may be so grandiose, that if I could do this, if I could heal myself, that I would then go forward and help other people become their own healers, and that's that's a promise that I keep with Be Nourished. Yeah, that I mean that is a really profound experience, and it wasn't like you had one thing going on, one illness that you were dealing with, but actually you had been pushed in that direction with multiple illnesses layering up on each other. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm like most of my clients. We have these little signs along the way that we need to get go inward. We need to pay attention to ourselves. We need to pay attention to our thoughts, to our daily behaviors, and the way we feed ourselves and nourish ourselves. And I ignored them. <laughs> because I had a to-do list that was bigger than a to-be list. And so that, um, the, my body had to get louder and louder, my spirit had to get louder and louder until I paid attention to myself. So when I look at it, it's not a surprise to me that it had to be so dramatic to get through to me. <laughs> I try to get people before they, before they even have any signs that they've ignored, that there's just something off. There's just something that feels a little off. They know they're not living up to their potential. They know they're not having the energy that they feel they should. And that's when, that's when I love to get them um, because I don't want them to have to learn the lessons that I did if I, if I can save them from that. Sometimes I can't. Right. I, I think that's a really great point. So whether people kind of get those signs in different ways, some people will get them with, you know, emotional symptoms. Some people will get them with physical symptoms. Some people see it happen in their life events around them exactly yes exactly remembering to pay attention to those that it's um it's not so much that we get a completely you know smooth ride throughout our life that there are bumps along the way but that when we are experiencing a lot of turbulence um a lot of times it's encouraging us to look in and to change our habits no question. It's a window. Yeah, it's a window. We can we can slam the window shut and pretend it never got open, or we can really experience it and, and, and go through it. So why is it that people get, you know, stuck on the on their journeys toward health? Well, I would say the the biggest thing is that we don't feel that we have permission to take care of ourselves. It's in our culture con- considered indulgence. Um, selfish even. And so it's first that, that I have not only permission to take care of myself, but that I have a responsibility to. We are, we are here for a reason. We're here to bring our unique gifts into the world and to serve the world as only we can. And in order to do that, we need to take care of ourselves. In every level, at every opportunity, our self-care needs to be paramount. And so, um, so it is a responsibility so that we can serve for the reason that we're here in the first place. Um, so that's, you know, from permission to responsibility is a huge jump. And it's not supported in our culture. It really isn't. And so it requires um, going counterculture in a way to be able to advocate for ourselves um, in a culture that, um, that really uh, values martyrdom. <laughs> so that's the one piece of it. And the other thing is that we have these, intentions, these resolutions, so to speak, but they're really just wishes. We don't know how to put legs to them so that they actually propel us forward, that they help us walk towards the life that we want. They become just longing. 
I mean, I, I mean, people who have tuned into this show before know that I think that self-care is exceptionally important, and I agree with you completely that, you know, it is, um, it, it's something that we need to choose because it is sort of against the green in many ways, and mm-hmm. also one of our highest callings is to really care for ourselves and what we were, you know, kind of given as a gift, this, you know, life, gift, talents, insights, breath, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so important. So for me, a lot of times my default place to go to is um, to start to look at the emotions and the mind and, and things like that in order to create transformation. And you recommend that people have food first, which I, I put food first. And I think that that is super important that we take care of our bodies. Can you explain why you think it's so important to start there? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, all the, all the entry points are valid because they all have to be addressed at some point. Um, but, but the reason that I approach it food first is that um, we are often – if we're, let's say we're pursuing busyness, right, that in order to avoid the quiet that you're asking people to, um, to create by looking at their thoughts, by going inward, um, you know, we avoid it with busyness. So, so what happens is when we're busy, we're grabbing quick food, fast life, fast food, and, um, and our bodies become quite toxic. Our thoughts become quite, quite toxic. And so what we need to do is get out of a food fog that's created from um, I use food, I'm using air quotes, really, because it's not food at that point. If it's not helping our bodies to heal themselves, if it's not energizing us, it's not food. So, um, so I like to address food first because simply I can't ask people to consider how they invest the moments of their day when they are um, zoned out and not clear thinking because they haven't been nourished with legitimate food that can do what it's meant to do, which is to heal and energize. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So addressing the fact that sometimes we can't get out or we can't actually shift our mindset or or begin to see that positive change in our emotions when we're doing things that are really holding our physical body back from feeling good and from from functioning. Well, and, you know, that's such a good point, Kate, if I may, if I may add. It's, you know, we're asking people to do this really important work. We're asking them to step into their life purpose. Even if they can't articulate it yet, let me help them with that one, which is the life purpose is to live to our highest potential in all areas of our life. And so it, what if we all operated as if that was our, our life purpose, that we don't have to do the inquiry, that we really firmly say, my life purpose is to be the highest version of myself. And I, I firmly believe that, and I help my clients identify that, articulate that, and then own it as a, as a daily guide. But that requires that, you know, if we're asking people to say, okay, go create that career that is the career of your dreams, cultivate the relationships that are meaningful and rewarding, and yet they're exhausted, they're grumpy, they're addicted to sugar. Can you see how it's just not fair to ask them to rise to those levels when their body, their biochemistry is working against them? Yeah, absolutely. So building on that same thing, how would you define uh, feeling good? You know, how, how could we define feeling good for each one of us? 
You know, it's interesting. On the intake form that I have for new clients, I ask them to identify a time when they felt great. And some people don't even think they have ever felt great. They have no idea how to define that. It, it is, it, it, they cannot remember a time. Um, and then others will say, oh, yeah, when I was in my 20s, I didn't have kids yet. I'm living large, having a ball. Like, that becomes their, like, I felt good. Well, what does that mean? What was it about that time? So there's usually freedom. Um, there's usually they had time to exercise or they made the time to exercise. You know, that's almost always in the place. But everybody's going to define it differently about what is, what is feeling good. And what I ask people to do is to accept the possibility, to embrace the possibility that they have never, ever experienced their highest capacity of well-being, that they haven't even come close. In our culture, we say, um, you know, oh, I'm, I'm healthy. We define healthy, for instance, as the absence of symptoms. And yet a lot, I'll have people come through the door and say, oh, I'm really healthy. And I look, and they're on about six or seven different medicines. And for them, it's the absence of symptoms. So therefore, I feel great. Well, the drugs are suppressing the symptoms. And so, so what we do is say, I mean, I, I would say the common denominator for, for well-being, although it is a very personalized, unique um, definition, is energy. Do you have the energy to fulfill your life's values, your life's purpose, your life's variety, um, or, or, and values? And so, and most people simply don't have it. They get it from a false place. They get it from caffeine. They get it from fear of not being enough. They get it from this, um, from fear, from paranoia, from all these other sources that drain the adrenal gland and aren't a true motivation. They're not, it's not coming from the inside out. It's not coming from a place of vibrancy, vitality, and tension. It's coming from a reactivity instead of a proactivity. Right. I think that, I mean, a, a way to elaborate on that concept is to say that, you know, when people are finding motivation, right, they can find motivation from a place of fear, of not enough, of all of these different things that can propel them forward, that can um, push them to look for new op- opportunities. But it's similar to getting your energy from sugar, or from mm-hmm. caffeine, in the sense that it's kind of it's empty is the way that I'll usually, usually describe it. It doesn't have the nourishment that it needs to really sustain us, even if it's keeping the machine running, you know. Um, exactly. It's, it's running in the best possible way. And the, the denser that the nutrients are, you know, if we're across our entire lives, our, our food, our relationships, our work, the denser the nutrients that we have, the stronger that we have, we are, and the more that we can live up to our potential. That's brilliant, Kate. I mean, it's really, it's sustainability, right? If, you have, if you've had a sugar high, there's a crash, there's an underbelly, there's a dark side. And then what we do is fuel again on sugar. Um, it's a false fuel. And, and um, superficial relationships, right? That's a false fuel. Facebook, false fuel. <laughs> right, anyway, we might be, you know, uh, you know, judgments, comparisons to others, things like that where people might make themselves feel better for a little while and then crash afterwards. And then oh, it'll fight you in the butt. Do it more exactly. so that they can feel better. 
Right. It's a nicotine scenario. You're absolutely right. That's that's really wise. So, okay, so tell me um, or tell us about some uh, stories that, you know, of uh, like tell a story about a client and, you know, kind of how they've changed after doing the work that you suggested to them. Well, it's, um, it's so hard to pick one story because everybody comes in with such unique, they're coming from a unique place and then they, um, and they transform in ways that are unrecognizable to themselves to me even, I have no idea. I have to stay open to what I see this, you know, this potential and, and then it starts unfolding. But I can say one of the most empowering um, practices that I teach my clients and where they've had the greatest um, transformation is when, um, when we start cultivating a morning practice, for instance. So many of us just wake up, the alarm goes off, and the first response is, oh, blank, right? It's like, oh, no, another day. Another day without any direction, without any focus, it's just a reactivity to the day. So um, in addition to the food, one of the next things that I, I contend to is looking at their morning routine. Has it a set, whether you're a night owl or a morning person, it doesn't matter. Those morning hours are vital because we can craft the day before the world starts dictating how our day goes. And so um, especially working with parents, when I have um, people come in, I've had a client who basically was able to accomplish all the things that she said she wanted to do and truly wanted to do, but did not know how to fit it skillfully into the rest of her day. So every day her head would hit the pillow at night and say, I'm such a loser. I wanted to exercise. I wanted to meditate. I wanted to do all these things. And every day I never got it. And so we started um, getting her up an hour beforehand, which at the beginning felt horrific to her, absolutely horrific. But what she learned was that that was the most sacred time of the day for her. And so she started protecting it at night. Nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. It just doesn't. I'd even say after 8 o'clock. That's when the stupid TV goes on. That's when the binging goes on. That's when the trolling on the computer goes on. It really, very little happens good at that time. And that's where the overeating happens. And so... So what happened was she started to value and protect at that time so much in the morning that she started altering naturally without intervention on my part, um, naturally started protecting that morning time by recrafting her nighttime, that she turn off the TV and start getting to bed earlier because she wanted to be clear thinking in that morning. That became the time when she was journaling, something she always wanted to do but never got to and always blew off, um, exercising. She was getting her exercise, and it was 30 minutes that she wasn't getting before. She was actually reading um, and, and developing her skills so she could rework her entire professional life, um, and did. She started using the commute time, which used to be, you know, talk radio, which would just demoralize her, and start tuning into podcasts like this. And all of a sudden, she was, her life was unrecognizable to herself. To, to, to me, she had a meaningful career. She left the career that she was in, crafted a meaningful career. She started making healthy breakfast because she wanted to tend to herself. It came from the inside. It wasn't a diet that said, you know, the first three letters are die, right? It was a live it. She woke up with intention and purpose, and something was meaningful to her. It was so meaningful to her because it, it really crafted the life that she craved, and it went from a wish to an intention to a commitment. She started living deliberately, and it permeated all other areas of her life. She raised the standard for her morning 
and therefore she raised the standard in what she ate, the people with whom she spoke, the way she carried herself in her professional life, the person where she invested her personal time. She stopped watching reality TV and created a real life for herself that was worthy of being on TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's that's really fantastic. Um, I think that when it comes to when we're talking about these nutrients here, when when people are um, they get those good nutrients, whether it's that quality time with themselves or um, it's a it's a high nutrient dense food um, or a, you know a rich emotional exchange, it's like there's some kind of response that happens from that. It's like there's an automatic like, ooh, that's good. And when, <laughs> and I want more of it. Yeah, there's that like, oh, wow, I can bring in more of this. I can do other things that help me feel this good. And and I, I love how you said that, that instead of it then feeling like, you know, a restriction, a diet, a, you know, something that's going to really just kind of hold you in place, it becomes something that allows you to expand, something that allows you to grow. Um, and all and I think the starting it, place of just getting a little more nutrients. But there's no question. And what you're saying, Kate, is, is, is absolutely spot on, which is, you know, deliberate. When we're deliberate, the first, you know, it, we are liberated, right? The word, the word liberate is the core of deliberate. We are liberated when we're intentional. We are, we are liberated when we have enough structure so that we hold ourselves accountable to ourselves. And then we're free. And you've got to find that sweet spot, and this is what I do with my clients. I help them find that sweet spot where they have enough structure so that they are, they are thriving in their lives in the way that they choose on their terms but not so much that they have to react in a toddler sort of way, that they act out against the structure because it's so suffocating. So that's that diet mentality of I can't do this, I have to do this. That's an external process. And what happens is when we tune into that sweet spot of, of deliberate action, of deliberate behavior, deliberate habits, then what happens is we are truly free. We have set ourselves free, and it becomes easier. It's less effort because it's an inside-out job. We are, we are functioning in alignment with our best self, and it flows. It just flows. And you fall off the path. If you fall off, let's say you've discovered that that morning routine is one of the most crucial ways that you care for yourself, and then you blow it off a couple of days, right? What happens is you inherently, because I'm, also because I'm there in the early, you know, the early stages of of reminding them, wait a minute, when you did this, you felt great, right? They start kind of finding their way back and say, I, I thrive when I do this, and I choose to do it because I want to thrive. And instead of, um, God, I have to, what a pain in the neck, and, you know, all this resistance and, and reluctance and all of that, it's, it's, it's a want. It's a real want instead of a have to because they know how they operate when they're in that higher plane. And I hold them accountable to it until they're able to hold themselves accountable. Awesome. Awesome. So if people want to find out more, um, um, what, you know, how would they find out more about what you have to offer them? Well, my website, benourished.com, it's the letter B, 
and then N-O-U-R-I-S-H-E-D.com. And the place I would encourage you most to go is on the testimonial um, resource, because then you can read it and say, do I see myself here? Watch how people have transformed in their unique ways. Read about it. And then I would also encourage you to see, uh, I'm frequently on television, and just to see creating simple recipes, because I take the intimidation away. I don't want people to feel intimidated in every, any aspect of their life. I want them to set a standard for themselves, and I help them be accountable. My primary um, product, so to speak, service that I offer is something called Be Transformed, and it is a six-month journey where I'm meeting with clients every two weeks. I work with clients all over the country, so it might be meeting via, via Skype or phone or in person. But in, in those 15-minute in those sessions, we establish very clear goals and how to keep them alive on a daily basis in those daily habits. We curate those habits so that those habits are supporting rather than undermining because it can really go both ways. We make sure every habit that you have in place is one that you've chosen and it functions for you. You also have access to me throughout. So get calls, texts, emails from clients throughout the time. They don't have to wait between sessions. They can access me and make sure that they're learning everything that they can in those six months. And I also provide resources. It might be um, a library of books and recommendations, videos. It might be chopsticks, essential oils, box flower remedies, tangible tools to put these habits into place. So at the end of six months, you know what it takes to be you at your best self. You have a toolkit that's abundant so that you're not grabbing um, less than food. You're not, you're not blowing off a commitment to exercise. You are showing up for your life intentionally, deliberately, vibrantly, and most importantly, in the way that you want to, that you choose to, that your higher self has defined for you. My clients thrive in, in ways that astound them in this six-month program. And I'd really encourage somebody who's ready to roll up their sleeves in a very strategic way to get to work in crafting a life of meaning um, to work with me. I do have some spots available. I only see a handful of clients at a time. It's a very intimate, thorough work, but I'm ready for someone that's ready. And I help, can help that person determine if they're a good candidate for the program. Awesome. Thank you. So that is um, benourished.com. Um, to find out information, information um, about Katie McDonald and her program. And Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really honored you invited me. Thank you. All right. So um, we're going to go to just a couple-minute break, and then um, we'll be back with the rest of the show. want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. 
To learn more, visit www.katesigner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and we've been talking about ways to take care of yourself. And um, specifically on this time around, I've been talking about inspiration, how we can use inspiration as self-care. So um, I was talking about ways that we can um, apply this, like how can you do this in your life? How can you have more inspiration in your life? And um, we can get inspired from, you know, taking care of ourselves, eating really great food, slowing down, paying attention, you know, things like that um, are very helpful in creating more uh, a deeper sense of self-care and a greater sense of connection. So other things that you can do in order to um, create this um, this inspiration, this self-care, is you can start to look at details, right? So it's just like in, in talking before, we were talking about like how, you know, slowing down to savor food changes the whole experience. Well, slowing down to um, savor life changes the whole experience. And if you allow yourself to play with what it is that you see, and have a dialogue with it, it creates a lot of inspiration. So you go from seeing something that catches your eye and then noticing it's like, it's almost like following music, right? You're going to notice something um, and then allow, you know, your next thought to come up. And this kind of stuff is happening all the time. But what happens is, is we're not, we're not savoring it. We're not really paying attention to it. So when you are out and about, take a moment as you're, say, taking a walk. You could take a walk through your neighborhood. You could be even taking a drive and see what it is that you, you notice, what it is that shows up for you in an interesting way. And then look at that and allow free association to happen. It's almost like you start telling yourself a little bit of a story. Maybe it reminds you of something else in your life. Maybe it um, connects you to like it jumps over to another whole thought or a book that you read. And so uh, allow that process to happen to see sort of this richness in this beauty that's in even small things that you might pass by on a regular basis and not notice. Okay, so this is about noticing tiny, beautiful details, right? And learning kind of how to how to riff on them, how to play with them, how to how to enjoy um, uh, being in dialogue with your environment, being inspired by the small things of your environment. Okay. So another way to do this for yourself is um, create a really fabulous experience for you. So, you know, I was talking about it. I said, well, you know, it's not like self-care isn't just getting a massage or, you know, doing something like that. It's going out for a nice meal. It is about, you know, if you're going to have inspired 
self-care. Maybe you do these things, but you could take them up a notch, which is look at how you can add to your experience, not from the more is better perspective, but from the sense of richness and inspiration. It's like if some of your senses have already been, you know, fed by an experience, what would happen if you fed more of your experiences, um, more of your senses with the experience? So if you say, if you like to take a walk in the woods, you know, it's like, what would happen if instead of just, you know, heading out to the woods and whatever, you took a moment and you really paid attention to like, were you dressed comfortably or, you you know, were your clothes snugly and, and soft? Does it feel good? Right. And, and maybe instead of just plowing through the woods or going for your walk, like stopping and maybe you could uh, sing a song to yourself or notice how the light hits things. So start to really take in your environment and start to um, also look at how can this experience be more rich. What we do a lot of times is we get really used to kind of denying um, parts of our experience that make us uncomfortable. People walk around in clothes that make them feel uncomfortable all the time with people that make them feel uncomfortable doing jobs that make them feel uncomfortable and, and um, they shut out the discomfort. And um, while, you know, sometimes that's the best that we can do when we have these opportunities to step into caring for ourselves more radically, um, we can think about that. Like, well, maybe, maybe I will, you know, maybe I will kind of take things to the next level. Okay. So just before we wrap up for today, I want to give you one more idea for how to be inspired and take care of yourself. Use inspiration for self-care. And um, this is gift-giving. Random acts of kindness have been proven to make us um, happier. And so what if you just thought of a really great way of making someone else's day? Um, that might be a comment. That might be something that you make for them. That might be something that you know is just going to re- leave them psyched and happy. And so by thinking this way and thinking in the idea of giving gifts, of bringing joy, um, it's exciting for us and it's exciting for the other person as well. Okay. So that is, um, uh, ways of using inspiration to deeply care for yourself and, um, sometimes by default and sometimes directly caring for others. And I want to thank you, um, for joining me this week on Real Answers. It's been great to have you. And I will talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.